then I think it's ladies' night. Go ahead and open your Bibles tonight, the book of Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. <clears throat> Before we begin reading with Daniel chapter 1, verse 1, and uh, matter of fact, I saw Daniel Foster and realized that he's, he's in from school and uh, in from college and uh, all of a sudden, and of course that's, that's where the good Lord knew I would be preaching from. Uh, Tonight, beginning with Daniel chapter 1, verse 1, thinking about taking a stand in the near future. Taking a stand in the near future. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried in the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure of his, of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king, king's seed and of the princes, children in whom there was no blemish but well-favored, and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding, science, and such had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank. And so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave, he gave Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael, Meshach, 
and to Azariah Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. <clears throat> Obviously, uh, <clears throat> we have three, four young men here in this passage. And looking at this subject of taking a stand in the near future. <clears throat> These guys did not know growing up. Now, the Jews have often, even in our 20th and now 21st century, have been known for their intelligence. Matter of fact, one of the leading physicists that worked on the Manhattan Project, we found out years after the fact, was a Jew himself a Jew. That's the fellow who invented the atomic bomb for us in the United States. Some long story, some very interesting facts. But there's some very uh, well-respected, super-intelligent Jews. Here, they had this intelligence already. Matter of fact, uh, Nebuchadnezzar said, hey, listen. We need to uh, get these guys, and we need to pick out the best and the brightest. And so he picked out these four young men. But here's where we are. We're living in a day and a time here in the United States that I think from here on out, now, and I say I can say I know from here on out, but I would be, that's like knowing the future. Who knows the future but God? I think from here on out, it's, What's right and what's wrong is going to get very fuzzy. What it is, is we're passing a lot of laws in our land that's, that's becoming gray areas. Gray areas concerning, now we know what right and wrong, what's right and wrong. We know that homosexuality is, uh, is something that's an, it's a very, uh, an abominable sin in God's eyes. We also believe, even though the Bible doesn't say thou shalt not gamble, but it seems like we're getting more and more bits of gambling that goes on in our society. You know, where's the, where's the gray area, what's right and what's wrong? Uh, matter of fact, I was, Dad and I were discussing Fox News and, and uh, some of the things going on there. Uh, the infringement upon rights we're losing, slowly but surely, uh, our Second Amendment rights. Matter of fact, they just shut down the last uh, lead smelter in uh, uh, Missouri. And uh, that's the last place in the United States that melts lead bullets. There's no, there's no other place left in the United States that melts lead bullets anymore. We'll have to buy them overseas. Which I know most hunting ammunition is made with you know, copper and other alloys. But, and, uh, but you know, our 22 ammunition. What I'm saying is, is that... Slowly but surely, a lot of our conservative ideals, which are Christian-based and Bible-based, are slowly being eroded away, and our First Amendment and Second Amendment rights are slowly being ebbed away, if you will, into a gray area, if you will. The lifestyle that you've known all of your life here in southeast Arkansas is under attack. Matter of fact, the lifestyle you enjoy is hated. Now, our lifestyle, of course, enjoy, is, is part of being freedom of speech, 
freedom of religion, the freedom and right to bear arms, and what have you. But So all of these things fall up under a conservative lifestyle, a conservative mindset. You say, what is all that? You sound like you're preaching out of a newspaper. Folks, they didn't read a newspaper. They they had to live this ordeal. A foreign government came in, and we're we're not having a foreign government come in. We're just having a government come in. (laughs) And uh, what it is, is they took as laws changed. And here, laws changed because a foreign government came in and changed the laws for them. That's called uh, a foreign power and oppressor. They came in and made slaves out of them all. Now think about it. Even though they were slaves, now Jesus paid taxes. He taught his disciples to pay taxes. None of us in here, I don't think, enjoy paying taxes. But you can, we can still take a stand. Now, here's the part. Right now, everybody in here... I need a hand that, I need a hand, show me a hand, show of hands. Anybody in this room that's between, uh, six and 26. Anybody between six and 26, raise your hand. All of these people that you see, hands back up, Daniel's hands, their hands, all of these hands, and we got a lot of hands up. Okay. You know what? These guys are going to be facing what? Shadrach, now they're, that's their, I like, let's use their Hebrew names, which if you see in verse 12, you see Hananiah, you see Mishael and Azariah, they're Hebrew names. They were given Chaldean names. But these guys had to take a stand. And of course, Daniel, there's four. They weren't ready, but folks, God was getting them ready before they even knew it. Now, we, we may obviously, to some of us that are older than 26, may see this. But I guarantee you, they're going to be called upon. These guys I just pointed out, and yet I know younger, but they were able to, to respond to me just now. And that's the reason I had them raise their hands. They're, they're the next generation that's going to be electing our officials. In two years, those that are 16 will be voting. And what it is, is folks, these guys took a stand against other laws, against unbiblical laws. And they said, and apparently those meats and the wine was not prepared or it either was pork or it wasn't prepared according to the Mosaic law. But they said, this defiles my lifestyle. I was reading about a homosexual couple went on Fox News, went into a baker and uh, I forgot, I should have wrote down the details or printed it off, but and he said, we want a wedding cake. And he said, I, I just don't agree with your lifestyle. I'm not going to sell you a wedding cake. It was a homosexual couple. And, uh, of course, it ended up going to court. And I got to thinking, and, you know, because I said, you're, you won't sell us a cake. And uh, he said, well, I don't agree with that lifestyle. I don't want to sell a cake for that, for that reason. And uh, ended up going to court, and the judge ordered him to make the cake or sell the business. And, uh, you know, that, that's the, what we're living under. And so that he had to take a stand. Well, these guys had to take a stand. You're, they're saying, I don't agree with what you're asking us to do. 
So taking a stand does take courage. It takes faith. But right now it's gray. And you say, well, I, I just don't know. where, When do I take a stand? Where do I take a stand? Folks, you, and if we don't know what God's Word says, we won't be able to take a stand because we won't know what to stand on. <laughs> you ever thought about that? A lot of times our young people may not know what to stand on if we don't show them. If we don't show them in God's Word. Well... God always is interesting that when you take a stand for Him, He'll give you the wisdom in which to do it. There's, there's folks, there's such thing where you just need to take a hard stand and don't negotiate. But think about this. They took a stand, but they negotiated. That's called diplomacy. That's called having a, a communication. Let's read about it. So it's called about using wisdom, talking, uh going to our representatives, going to our senators, and letting them know this law, this bill, this whatever, does not sit well with your constituents that we don't agree with that lifestyle, we don't agree with that law, and they, and to communicate that, they basically did that. They went to the person higher up, the representative in the government. They communicated their ideals. Now, verse 9, Daniel 1.9, Now, God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. Folks, you may be the person, it's, kind of, it's the same exact story. I could preach this sermon out of Esther if I wanted to. She took a stand to the king. It wasn't a rep, house of representatives there. It was just a king. It was a monarchy. And think about that. Who do we talk to? Who do we see? Who do we represent Christ well? Can you represent Christ in wisdom? Can you represent Him without... Now, folks, there's, you can represent Christ in dignity. That's what I think. Daniel used wisdom. He used uh, skill and understanding because these guys had understanding in science and mathematics and all sorts of things. And he had a great rapport, if you will, with the prince of the eunuchs. And so he told the, and the prince of the eunuchs, I'm in verse 10, said unto Daniel, I fear my Lord, the king, who hath appointed your meat when your drink. For why should he see your faces worse like than the children which are your sort? Then shall you make me endanger my head to the king. Then said Daniel to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat, which is basically just kind of like soup and water, okay, and water to drink. And then let our countenance be looked upon thee, and the countenance of the children of uh, that eat the portion of the king's meat, as thou seest, deal with thy servants. So he consented to them in this matter, Ten days. And at the end of ten days, their countenance appeared fairer and fatter in the flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Thus Melzar took away the portion of their meat and wine that they should drink and gave them pulse uh, to, to eat or to drink. And, uh, and verse 17. And as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill 
and learning and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Well, we'll stop there. Well, what happened was he negotiated. He said, you know what? Let me try to communicate this, and this is the same thing. Uh, what's going to happen is it's going to start here in Arkansas, and right now being in the Bible Belt, it seems like we've got a great amount of freedom in our Hamburg school system. But all it's going to take is one person complaining about, you know, here I, I'm getting to preach to the football team, you know, Fridays. Trey gets to preach to the football team on Fridays. Uh, we have a lot of freedom, but, you know, if one person, it'll, it'll shut it all down. And they, that's right. I mean, uh, that's, that's it. They don't, I mean, because think about it. Think about this. You know, they say, we need prayer back in schools. But really and truly, just there, you can't take prayer out of school. You can take organized prayer out of school, but you can't take prayer out of school. How are they going to stop you from praying? They can't. They can't stop you from praying. They can take organized prayer out. Well, what happens is, is they've taken, we've lost our Judeo-Christian roots. Now we've to, once we've lost our Judeo-Christian roots, and by the way, speaking of Judeo-Christian roots, going back to to uh, the Old Testament, that's the reference there. And uh, thinking about these guys, that they were sticking to that. You know, right now, if we had a, if we had a, uh, if we had a school or organized prayer, would, what would it be? Would it be a Baptist prayer? Would it be a Christian prayer? Would it be a Muslim prayer? Would it be a Mormon prayer? A Seventh-day Adventist prayer? What prayer would it be? Or it'd be so watered down and washed down it wouldn't be a prayer at all. You know what I mean? And so, well, yeah, what we've got to stand on is these truths for God's Word. Folks, right now, now here's the whole point of the message. I'm just going to wrap this thing up. God bless their efforts to take a stand. Their efforts to take a stand were based upon we know what God said. We don't need to change. We know how we were raised. Do our kids know what to take a stand on? Can we communicate to our kids what they need to take a stand on? Because if we don't set the example or teach them, they're not going to know. You know, it's just like that old song, you've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. And uh, it's true. But we don't, our kids sometimes don't know where to take a stand or how to take a stand. Well, God bless them in this effort. One last thing, wrapping it up. Verse 17, he gave them all this wisdom and knowledge, and Daniel had understanding and dreams, and at the end of the days that the king, verse 18, said he should bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar, and the king communed with them and among them and found none like Daniel. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they all scored A's on their test here. Wonderful representatives of the Lord in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, and he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in his realm. But Daniel continued even unto the first year, of King Cyrus. 
The book of Esther records this famous verse. Mordecai said unto Esther, he said, How do you know if it wasn't for such a time as this that that, uh, it's for you to take this stand? For such a time as this. Folks, uh, you can say, well, it's destiny that the United States go down the tubes. It's destiny that we're, our morals are going out the window, so just uh, hunker down and uh, let's just watch it happen. Well, all I know is my Bible says take a stand and preach the Word. So why can't we? It's not, don't give up. Matter of fact, it says, we shall reap if we faint not. You know what that means? Don't give up. Our sure morals are going out the window. Sure, people don't uh, see eye to eye on stuff, but know what the Bible says. Take a stand. Pray for our kids. They're, they're, they're not only our future, they're our present. They're our present right now. They're, they're just, folks, they can have just as big an impact as you can calling your senator in their public school talking to their friends or whomever they may be around. Our kids can influence people today. Their own teachers. Can we, we've got enough stuff in there concerning sci- in our church library concerning science and what the Bible has to say, that our teachers, our students can do a good job debating with an uh, evolutionary biological, bio- biology teacher, if I can get it out right. <laughs> and they've got it, they've, we've got the stuff. It's just a matter of taking a stand. As we prepare for a hymn of invitation, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I'm praying that... <clears throat> That we wouldn't sit on the sidelines and just see and, and, and let our country lose its principles without taking a stand. Without at least doing what these four young men did. Saying, can we do something different? Can we go against the king's wishes and still be blessed? Can we take a stand for what we know is right and that you'll still watch over us and you'll still help us? We've seen in your holy word that even slaves in a foreign country can take a stand for your word and your truth. We are still living in our country, but we're falling victim to just negative mindset and thinking that there's nothing we can do. Dear Lord, help us to take a stand for what's right and just being involved and be a good example and using wisdom, not fanaticism, but like Daniel did and the, uh, his, all his friends, that they took a stand for your holy word. Help us to do the same in Jesus' name. Amen.